I remember I was at the studio one day. I had been already thinking for months, like, man, my heart's really right here. And I kind of I kind of see a way, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, school is so demanding. This is so demanding. Like, I'm going to end up slacking at one or slacking at both. And I'll I, end up, like, yeah. you know. Each, each halfway. Yeah, 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 each are getting, like, 50 instead of me just putting my all in something and thriving, you know? So, um... Yeah, man. When I called and said I wanted to drop out, man, that was, that was, but I waited so long. Like, I remember being in the studio just in the bathroom, like, okay, I'm about to call her now. Yeah. I'm like, nah, five more minutes. Oh, Lord, Jensen made another one. Hey, what's up, y'all? I'm your host, Brandon Jinx Jenkins, and welcome back to another episode of the Rap Caviar Podcast, which you can watch exclusively on Spotify. This week, we're talking to Metro Boom and the super producer and one of hip-hop's most influential figures. We're going to revisit his music, his highlights, dig deep into his catalog, and ask him all about his career. It feels kind of weird saying that while you're just sitting right here. Metro, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> what's up, man? Blessing. Great to be here, bro. Bro, I've been doing this for a very long time. Um, probably about as long as you've been making beats, and I've never spoken to you. I've never like had an interview with you. We never crossed paths. It's crazy. That's why I, it's crazy to the words out of my mouth. I thought it was crazy, like... Me and you today, because even since the beginning of my career, like, you know, I've watched, like, the trajectory of yours as well. And, Damn. You know, like, from back watching Complex and just everything you've always done. So, yeah, it's a blessing. I've never got a chance to talk to you because we did the, um, so I, we were talking about it off camera when I met um, presidential, at the time he was a presidential nominee or I guess a candidate, and it was Ben, uh, ben Carson. Yeah. And... We did the whole, like, yo, if Metro don't trust you to complete this sentence. And I never even knew if you saw it. Gotta ask you to complete this sentence. If young Metro doesn't trust you, then you probably need to either become honest or be able to explain uh, the reason for their doubts. Dr. Ben Carson, thank you. You don't think I saw that? I didn't even know you had seen that it. That was so massive. That was massive. I remember that. I think I'm pretty sure I posted it too. Like that was massive. Afterwards, like I saw him again one more time. He just he wouldn't talk to me. Like it was a wrap. Like that oh, yeah. was the end of like my presidential. Like, I was in my like political that. career. <laughs> yeah, but also things didn't work out for him. After that, he was out the race. Hey man, you should have got the campaign. Yeah, you should have answered it right, man. <laughs> but look, man, we're glad to have you here today. You know, we just had a couple episodes that we've been filming while we're out here, and your name comes up so many times across different episodes. What's it like to be at this spot in your career where you're not having people look to you and be like, "Wow, he's the guy." It's a blessing, and it's a responsibility that I wear and take on uh, proudly and dearly. But at the same time, it's like, uh, it's kind of surreal and like, I don't know, it's just kind of crazy. Because like my whole career, all I've known is being the youngest, or mm -hmm. being the youngest in the room, or being the youngest around. Like, from first getting into the scene at like 16, 17. Yeah. So like always being the youngest person by, around everybody, you got to think I came up around... Gucci, Juice Man, Walker, yeah, Don Cannon, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, Future them, just so many people. So it's like I've always just been the youngest. So now when I see interviews of other um, younger people that are lit and they're like, yo, Metro, Metro, and they talk about me like I'm just like yeah. young OG type of thing. It's, it's just crazy, but it's a blessing. It's really nuts. You know, I'm looking at these facts and it's like, you're not even 30, dog. Like, right, yeah, but to be making beats that young, I'm curious, who was um who was first either inspiring you and also who was the one, like, inspiration could come from outside the world, right? It might be like, I looked up to this producer, this producer, this producer, 
And then my second part would be who encouraged you? Like, is that someone in your life that was like, okay, you can do this. I'm going to help you. I'll say the first is two, two and one. I feel like my mother, um, her and her just love for music and her music taste, like even from being young and just always going through her CD collection and just how much like of a music lover and music head she was and um, just all the music she would always play. I feel like that. That's how I feel like I caught the bug early like, mm. through that. And um, at the same time, she was my first supporter with everything. From um, buying my first laptop, I started making beats at 13 for Christmas. From doing that, from buying me a drum machine when I was younger, from driving me back and forth nine hours St. Louis to Atlanta, like every <laughs> month. You know what I'm saying? Just to work on something that was like, just a dream of mine she supported. I mean, it's not like today where it's like people see producing and they see like a real way. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So if you think about like 2009 or 2007, it's like uh, everybody wanted to rap. Yeah, I mean, and even so then, I, I always describe that time as like, for a lot of people, they don't get it because now there's like, you can find the person, there's career advice. I mean, they got producers on masterclass, right? Like, there's yeah. like a whole like, here's how you do it. And... That, that gap between where you're at and where you want to be is so small. Like, I always describe it as like, it used to be like when you want to do something that was creative, it was like going into a dark room and trying to find the, hand, the door handle. Now it's like this door right here. Yeah, that's what I had to do. That's what we had to do. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So um, I love that there's so many, like, so many more resources and opportunities for producers and that just so many young people and people of all ages are inspired to get into this field. You know, that's a blessing. Mm. As far as other producers, I'll say, um, you know, we got Dre, of course. Yeah. Huge for me. Huge, huge. Dre, Kanye, Pharrell, DJ Paul, Juicy J, huge for me. Word. Um, Havoc, Havoc, Havoc in his beats. It's a great, it's a great pick. I feel like a lot of niggas go listen to Havoc beats, man. Like, incredible. There were years I didn't know he was actually making the beats. Like, I just thought it was, you know, I thought the rapper rap. Yeah, when I was real young, I wasn't hip to that either. I didn't know. Until I started producing. I had found out, like, yo, he's making the beats, too. Like, and his ear for samples is crazy. Like, what he was finding and what he was chopping and up. where he was getting them and, like, how he was sampling them, like, from VCRs and shit. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and then doing stuff like the sample so far away from the end product. Like, the sample might be a soul record. It's uplifting. And... The shit he was making was grimy. It was dark. It was like, it, it's probably the closest thing to like the trap feeling I feel, but it wasn't trap, yes, you know? Like, exactly. And I feel like that's why I identify with it so much. And it's just so dark. You know, I love the dark, eerie, like that kind of stuff. You yeah, know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, Havoc, I, I definitely got to mention him and give him his flowers on For that. Sure. Um, man, so many more, bro. Timbaland. Oh, I could do this for days. Um, if you want to talk about like Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, we could okay. talk about. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh man, let's get in the back. Uh, Teddy Riley. Um, we could go Jermaine Dupree, Dallas Austin. We could go. I like. I've grown up loving so much different stuff. Um, Zaytoven, Drummer Boy, Shawty Red, Fat Boy, mm-hmm. um, DJ Toon. Like I could do this for so for so long, bro. You know, um, Southside Lex Luger, uh, Honorable C Note, DJ Spins, like all of these things and all these different pockets. Yeah, I feel like that's what's 
just the DNA that's just like, it's all, it's like what makes me or what's made. Musically, the people you're naming, one, from generations is crazy. Also, regions and like sounds, it's much wider than I think maybe the average listener might think that you're into, right? Yeah, like, for like, sure. You, like so much of your sound is dark and heavy, but it's also really rich and really specific. Like trap is what I think you call home. It's so much of where your sound lives. And there's a lot of people making trap music, but there's something that you're doing that's different. I don't know what the fuck it is. <laughs> I, and when you said Dre, it makes me feel like that, where Dre's taking the same elements people are doing, but he's arranging them differently. Yeah. And the sound comes out super clear. And when I hear your music, there's a level of clarity to it that like, it just cuts through. I think your latest album, Heroes and Villains, like, yo, there's a level of clarity to that music where I think it came through. It came through in a really weird rap year. You know, everyone Very was- Very weird rap year. A weird rap year, right? Yeah. Um, for what was going on with people to the actual music that was coming out. I think people had their, their big three there waiting on. Cole drops a collect, uh, a sort of a collective project. Right. Drake does, you know, he does a dance thing. And then he comes, uh, he shows up with 21. Kendrick drops Kendrick's project. And people sort of didn't know what to respond to. Your project creeps in towards the, the end of the year. Yeah. And I think it was one where everyone was like, oh shit, we, you don't know what you're waiting on until it arrives. Yeah. And it was that. Can we talk a little bit wow. about the, like, <laughs> how, amazing. a little bit about the process of creating that, like from like when you started to bringing in some of the names and I'm curious if there's any specific like studio sessions or things that happened during the creation that um, stand out to you in your mind. Yeah, man, I had I had started on that. The album took me about two and a half years, two years and some change. Yeah, bro, it wasn't even supposed to be that long. I just I kept pushing it back, and then other things would happen in life, and I'd be like, I think it's ready now. Mm. And then it would be like, you know, I really like just try to let the music make itself, and not just try to set too many other agendas versus just making sure it's right and it just feels ready. Yeah. You know? Because I don't really, I don't try to make music for like, just to try to appease anybody because I feel like you can't go into it like that. You're always going to come up short. Like, from the beginning um, to now, I've always just modeled everything after trying to make music and just stuff that I love and what moves me. Yeah. You know? And just hoping and confident that whoever else out there with a similar mind or taste will gravitate to it. They'll feel it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, like, because you can't, you'll never get it done if you're like, okay, I need to put out an album to appease this crowd and the streets and the club and the Latin and this yeah, and that. Yeah, like, yeah. you're never going to, you know, and you hear when people are trying, but I just like to make stuff I love, you know, stuff I can enjoy and live with and... Once it gets to the point where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm in love with this. This gets me excited. I'm excited. Then that's how I know. Like, it's really I was going to say, how do you even know when you're done after that long of a period, right? Like, sometimes I think, especially creative folk, sometimes you need a deadline, right? Like, you can kind of keep editing, keep tweaking. I'm one of those people. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things this album taught me is like, okay, I'm not going to take that long with the album again. I have to give myself deadlines because I'm the type of person, like, if it didn't come out in December, I could have easily still been working on it. <laughs> easily, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But it got to the point where I just had to have a date and just like, you know, put the flag in the ground. Like, okay. This is it. Yeah. Whatever up to this point, that's going to be it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, you have so many great names on that project. I have some favorites of my own. And I don't even know if it's a sample. I don't know if it's original, but um, with uh, 21 Young Nudie. And in the beginning, it has this like, yeah, like orchestral yeah, yeah. feels really like um, 
I don't know, like like you're sitting in like an orchestra, and then all of a sudden it just drops. And it's like, <laughs> like that shit is like, <laughs> and it, it feels perfect for your type of music, but I don't feel like anyone else has even done anything close to that, right? Man, shout out my OG Che, man. Che will always come by the studio and he'll play a lot of like, because he's a crate digger. Like, I'm a crate digger, but he's an OG crate digger. Like, mm. I'm nowhere near his crate digging status. Like, you know, he'll come with some foreign shit, some some whole other like uh, Italian symphony opera. He'll just come with all kinds of shit. So he had came in, um, like, he'll come sometimes and just play samples and just records and stuff he found and... He had, uh, that's one of the ones he dropped off to me one day. And I didn't know exactly what I was going to do with it. I was in the middle of making an album, but I put in the folder to the side, like, this mm. has got to go somewhere in the, you know what I'm saying? And I had that song, ended up making that song, and um, I had the idea to try it out. Yeah. And it just, it was perfect. And I was just like, but that's one of the many examples. And, like, I tell people a lot of times, I feel like, God really made this album, really all of them, but I really feel it a lot with this one because there's so many situations like that to where, like, like I be saying, you got to let the music make itself to where, like, I'm just a vessel, you know? Mm. And um, I feel like God would just work and, like, things would just happen like that. You just you kind of, like, just all plays out. And it just, like, there's so many situations and scenarios through the album I wish I could think of, but... I thought about it so much throughout making the album where it'd be like, wow, again. Wow, how did this just happen like that? Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just countless things. So, yeah, that was definitely one of them. I also feel like on this project, is um, it's very clear that some people just work best with you, right? Like, you and 21, obviously, right? For sure. And I love, I love when Nudie jumps into other producers, et cetera, but, like, he feels enhanced. I think you and Future to me, obviously. Like, I remember I was in a phase where I was, you know, doing this music journalism shit, and I was like, "Yo, you need to listen to everything when it drops. That's your job. You gotta like." That's fire. You know, and so I just had to like change my mind. Like, yo, what do you? Why are you catching up to stuff? You need to be on it. And like, I made up my mind that day. The next day, Monster Drop. Wow. And I'm like, all right, I'm on the subway in New York, and that shit just like, just like changed my everything. Like, changed the way I, I heard music. I was a drive-by Future fan. Like, I was, like, in in the future. Yeah, no, for sure. But, you know, and I had people that were just ahead of me. They just got it quicker than I got it. And that shit was just, like, it just changed everything. Yeah. So when I hear Future on the album, especially the earlier record, um, I want to get it right. Is it Supervillain? With him Superhero, and Chris Superhero, yeah. Heroes and Villains in parentheses. But, yeah, Superhero. Bro, like, it's Future. It's You and Future is my favorite Future. For sure. What what are you doing when you work with him to kind of bring the best out of him? Or is it something where you guys just know each other so well? I feel like with going on a decade plus of just working and just chemistry and brotherhood and camaraderie, mm-hmm. it's just a certain chemistry we got. Like, it's a lot of things we don't have to say, but at the same time, me and him have been through so much thick and thin to where, like, it's easy for us to just be honest with each other. Okay. You know, I feel like that's most important. And I'm honest with all the artists I work with, anybody I work with, like, I'm just going to let you know, like, I like this. I don't like this. You mm-hmm. should maybe try this. Change your tone. Do this. X, Y, Z. And I feel like that's one of the differences. You know, like, he knows I'm not going to take just anything. But on the other end, he's not going to just take anything. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or, or he'll be like, yo, you know when you used to do this with the beats? Ooh. Like, you know, it's just back and forth. Like, it's a it's a true collab. Mm. You know, it's not like I'm just sending him beats. He's just rapping on them or we're not together, like, no, we're in the studio together, like, we need to figure this out. Yeah. Just like we did making Monster eight, nine years ago. 
It's crazy. You know what I'm saying? That long ago. Yeah, it, it is. It is crazy. Is it 2014? I think so. 14. Yeah, I think it might have been Damn, nine years ago. Shit. It's crazy to think about. Damn. It's crazy to think about. For you, when did you shift into that phase? Because what you're talking about is obviously like a proper producer, but I'm, you start out, you start out as a beat maker, most people. Yeah, for sure. When did you shift into the stage where you knew how to produce people and you were like, and you feel confident enough to do it as well? Just moving to Atlanta, bro, and just grinding, working with Future. I feel like him and Gucci early on, they were, that's what really helped develop a lot of my like actual in the studio mm-hmm. production okay. skills yeah. and tactics and the confidence to even do that. Um, just respecting my ideas, you know, and not making me feel like, because who knows, maybe it'd be different if I just got shut down some crazy way early on. Or, yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like they were more encouraging with it. And I feel like them, they're, they're like hybrids are still kind of from that last generation before. Yeah, they're the bridge. To where they're used to working with producers who are going to do that. Yeah, You yeah, know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I've seen Future, like, coming up when I was younger in the studio with, like, Jazzy Faye and stuff like that. And they really going back and forth. Okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm coming up watching this. I'm watching Gucci and Zay. I'm watching all of this. So, you know, when I had my ideas and all my things, and it's like more so they were... It was like no ego. It's like they were more excited that I actually want to be like... That you were that invested. You know what I'm saying? And it just built levels from there. Um, I remember when Future first said he wanted to do Monster after Honest. Because I remember Honest didn't do what everybody thought I was going to do, which is still one of my favorite albums today. I listened to it the other day. Is that the... Does, is Move That Dope on Honest? Yeah. I just feel like it was just ahead of its time. Like, if it came out today, it'd be like... Move That Dope was actually, yeah, you're right. And Move That Dope was actually when I understood him as like a writer. I was like, his pen is crazy. Yeah, his pen is. But, you know, it had Pharrell and everybody. When Monster came out, it cleared the room for me. You know what I'm saying? It's just like the order of things. I feel like Honest was great, but it's like, it was time for Monster, though. Yeah. It was time for that, like, we got started, like, the ground. Like, he had already been working, though, but it's like, and we know that, and a lot of people know that, but to the world, you were still kind of new. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like, we still got to give them, like, like what you know them for. So it's like, I remember after Honest, he had said he wanted to do a mixtape and just do all street shit and just go crazy. Like, that's how he had put it. He told me at Esco. And I remember going to him, like, it was just a shot in the dark. I ain't expecting him to be like, yeah, I was like, shit. Let me EP that shit. Let me executive produce that shit. And like, I'm young as hell. I'm like, hey, 19. Or I'm like 20 or some yeah. shit. And he was like, you for real? I was like, yeah, yeah. He was like, all right. Yeah. And you know, just from there, just even that. And that was the first. I already did 19 and Booming, which was my own project. I always just wanted to do like whole projects or even if I don't make all the beats, like be over whole projects. And I feel like that. And the uh, encouragement and support he gave with that and just even how it turned out to be and the reception of it was, like, more fuel for me to, like, keep going and, like, want to be more in that space, like, yeah. as a producer, you know? At 19, it's crazy. And to be producer roles one, but the EP roles a different responsibility. It's you finding other sounds and other people that work really, really well with exactly. them. What was that like? And how did you sort of craft that and be like, you're going to work well with this person? You know, how did you sort of map that out? Man, it's me and Esco. Me and Esco we did everything together back then. Mm. Um, me, like I said earlier, with my album Heroes and Villains, like I want to make stuff that excites me and that I like. So even prior to meeting Future, like back in high school in St. Louis, like, I was a Future fan. Mm. You know what I'm saying? From Dirty Sprite 
I played that shit, one, I played that shit so much through high school, you know what I'm saying? So, like, being a fan of him and just a student of the game and just, I'm so analytical, bro. Like, just his sound and, like, everything I loved about it is, like, a no-brainer on, like, what I want to hear. Like, okay. I love I love you when you're on Will of Fool Beats. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. this is that classic future, like, Nard and B. Yes. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's just about having Damn. those elements in there. DJ spins, like, it was really like a dream. Like, oh, man, I can make, like, a future tape like that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the same when I had did Drop Top Walk with Gucci. Like, because growing up, I've been the biggest Gucci fan since fifth grade. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So for me to be 18 and starting to work with him, and then even in my 20s, my like mid-20s, whenever we did Drop Top Walk, it was like, okay, I could finally get my own Gucci mixtape. You know what I'm saying? It's, it was the same thing. Just, That's a crazy way to treat it. Like you're making your own, you are, you're making your own mixtape. Like what would I do? It's yeah. Like, yeah. Like if I, if I was still in St. <laughs> Louis, like 10th grade, after school Friday, going to live mixtapes, and I'm finna download a new Future tape, a new Gucci tape, like. What do I want that shit to Live be like? mixtapes, yes. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, like, that's really, like, how I go into it. How do you first find your way to Atlanta to even link up with these people that you admire? And then what's your first placement, like, your first placement placement? Okay, cool. I've had Twitter since 09. Mm-hmm. Man, I used to be on there, bro, just writing everybody. Mm. Like, I wouldn't say spamming. I'm not going to write you, like, 10 times in a row, but I'm going to write everybody I can, DM everybody I can. Like, yo, I got beats. I got this, that, like... Back when we still bought CDs, I would buy a CD, like a Jeezy CD or anybody's CD, open it up, go to like the notes where you see like the management and like yeah. the A&Rs and all that. Google them, see if they got everybody had Twitter then and yeah. what's on it. Write them like, because everybody's going to try to write Jeezy or write like, you're not going to see my shit or write my, who knows if you're even on that shit. Word. But I know I have a way better chance of writing these people. You know what I'm saying? So I did a lot of that. Made a lot of connections with people. Um, I linked with Don Cannon uh, through my man K-Man. He was Juice Man's engineer. Mm. He, I linked with K-Man. He started managing me. He linked me with Cannon. And I was really under Cannon. I came up under Cannon. I was supposed to sign to him. But he kept it real with me one day. and was like, if I were to sign you, I'd be holding you back. Wow. I was, I'm not going to say devastated at the time. Like I wanted to sign to him so bad. Like, I was so eager. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when he told me that, I was just like, damn. But he's like, I'm always going to be here. Like, nothing's going to change. But, like, you know, you got to just do you. And um, I'm forever, ever, ever grateful for him for that. That's a big move on his part to yeah. do that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. So um, I'll be talking to K-Man and them. Uh, talk to him on the phone all the time. Uh, and then he had uh, him and K- K-Man and Cannon had talked to my mom. They established a relationship. Um, and that's when she started taking me to Atlanta all the time. Damn. You know? And um, that's how even through online, that's how I linked with DJ Spins back then. Uh, and he's always been supportive. He used to have the Ustream, like, beat critiques. I used to always send my beats in there and sit and wait for him to listen. Yeah. You know, and then years later, like, that's my brother. Like, we done made real hits together. Like, You actually use the internet right, is what you're telling me. Like, yeah. Because it's like everyone had the same internet, but they might not have used it right, whether they're spamming uh, the artist or they're just on there, like, fucking around. To actually use the internet right in those rare years, because you, now you really can't use the internet to do all the same things. Yeah, You different. can get hot on your own, you can get attention, but actually building connections in, like, you said those early years of Twitter, I didn't know that that window was so short. I, yeah. I use Twitter the same way to do my shit, 
But I didn't know that it would stop. Like, I had no clue. Yeah. For you to do that is really nuts. Like, I had no clue that that was, like, your... Nah, it's a blessing, bro. It's mm. a blessing. It worked out that way. Like, I used to submit so many beats everywhere. Like, that's how I known Weezy since high school. Me and Weezy both used to make beats for um, our boy Shot. Shot the guy. We used to be in the Rich Kids. So that's how I know Weezy from back then, because we used to be, me and him were shy at main producers. We used to make shit back then. This is when I was like 15, 16. I'm 29 now. Southside, the same thing. I used to sit on the phone with Southside every day. Yeah. Um, he'd tell me and give me so much critique on my beats, and just, he's just always been there. Today is birthday, shout out Sizzle. But he he done always been there. Um, then started bringing me back around, like walking them, just soaking that game up. Um, Shout out to Yams. I used to bro, I talk, I used mm. to talk to Yams like every day after school. And it was so crazy because he'll really like sit on the phone with me for like an hour. Just He really had it, man. Every other day, like just all the time through the week, like all the time. And I remember him and uh they were on, I think it was the Paradise Tour with Drake. Yeah, yeah. And I was in St. Louis and the show was in KC. So um me and one of my boys, we had rode in the car to go up there to the show. Yam show, Mad Love. We had so much fun that night. Uh, got to meet Rocky and Ferg and them. I, I, I remember the picture I still took. I was like 16, like yeah. 17. I remember that. I remember just being on the bus. Like, we didn't have to make no songs, but they had, like, the speakers in the bus in the back. And I remember to this day, like, uh, Ferg, uh, I was just playing beats. And I was like, yo, just play some beats. And, like, they was just doing, like, this cypher and shit. Like, I'm going to remember that for the rest of my life. That's crazy. This is, like... Yeah, and even after that, when I moved to Atlanta, you know, me and Yam stayed in touch, and um, my career started to grow as theirs did. And that's why, like, ASAP Mob, they always been family from day one. Like, mm-hmm. just because we don't have that much music out, like, it's deeper than that. People wouldn't even know, like, how close I am with all of them, bro. That's nuts to learn. Like, I'm sure you've probably told someone that at some point, but I had no clue that's, like, I knew the Yam's connection, but to be able to, like, be even in that circle in those early years and watching them grow to become what what they became, like, when everything was still just so brand new. Yeah, man. Yam's always been a real one. I remember when me and Thug was working, like, 2013, maybe 12. Mm-hmm. This is, like, before he even had Danny Glover or anything. And, you know, Yams just be so tapped in. You know, everybody jumped, started jumping on the train after Danny Glover. But um, even pre-Danny Glover, I was like, yo, me and Thug working on this tape. Like, you know, uh, I had just let him know. And he was like, Shit, send a song or something, I'll get Ferg on it. And, you know, I was like, oh, shit, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. even then, like, Ferg had bangers, bro. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah. I remember I sent them a song, and, man, they sent it right back. You know what I'm saying? Yams was just always genuine like that, like, from from day zero. That's why I'm always grateful for him and just a lot of the game and wisdom that, you know, that he didn't share. So much music looks the way... It looks like Yam's tumble. It looks like his taste, even today. Like it, the direction yeah. definitely feels. What do you think was so special about Yams? Man, I feel like it's the vision, bro. Like most people could see, but not everybody has vision. I see. I say vision as in like seeing ahead. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Yams had real vision. Like you could be blinded by a lot of stuff for right now. Yeah, you know for sure. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But it's just vision and just being a tastemaker and having just. Great taste, great taste in things, great taste in clothes, great taste in music, great taste in movies, great taste mm-hmm. in food, great taste in, you know what I'm saying? So it's like just that high taste level and just that vision of what you love and also like 
keeping an eye out for what's next, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. not just like, okay, Dior's hot. I see that. I like that. But, like, that's cool. But, like, what else on my taste level that's not up there yet that's still just dope? Yeah, where shit that's, like, just bubbling, emerging. Just bubbling. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't need everybody to tell me that, uh... Metro makes hot beats to think his beats are dope. If I just, if that's what I like. If I like it, I like it. If I like it, I like it. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like that's very key and he had a lot of that. What was your, what was your first placement? Um, it was Jeezy featuring uh, Alley Boy and Yo Gotti, a song called Fo. It was way back then. I remember they shot a video. It came out in this Jeezy tape back in high school. And um, I remember the tape actually came out on my last day of, I think it was 10th grade. It was like the last day. It was the last day of school, bro. And I remember the tapes were dropping like 3.30 or something. So it was like, the shit had really dropped like at the end of class. And I remember the last day of school, I remember being on the back computer like, Oh my God, this shit finna drop. <laughs> it came out. Me and my homeboys, shout out Dre and them. We had uh we had went to his house after school, barbecued, threw some food on the grill, and was just listening to the song over and over. You know what I'm saying? My my last day of 10th grade was not like that. Like at all. Like that shit's crazy. Yeah, no, nah, it was crazy, bro. It was the last day of 10th or 11th grade. I think it was 10th grade. But yeah, that that was the first like official placement. Damn. Then um Future had a song called Hard that came out on a Molly World mixtape. That was uh, when I first went to Morehouse. Okay. It came out like right, right before school started. So I remember walking around, hearing it playing out of people's cars and shit, and I was like, oh shit. Damn. You know what I'm saying? Karate Chop came out like some months after that. With shout out Spins. Spins had uh, put it out on the mixtape. Curious, you bring up Morehouse now, and I got to ask you as a fellow Morehouse dude, was the plan to like rock out the whole way or were you like, I'm just trying to get to Atlanta? Like, and I say that because even just a semester of school is bred at Morehouse. Hell yeah. And to be able to walk away, like, I'm curious your whole thought process during that time to be like, yo, I got to walk away from this. Yeah. And also early first semester of school, shit's still super fun then. Like there's a certain life that you could live that way. Yeah. That, you know, it's, and there's more people living that way. So it's easier to kind of sink into that path. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The plan was definitely not to drop out. Like the plan I had I had planned on just doing it. Just cause I remember how excited and just how happy my mom was when I got accepted. And from the moment the accepting letter came, like she would just always call me her Morehouse man. She was like, My Morehouse man. But then she had learned they had taught us about the man in Morehouse till you graduate. So then yeah, yeah. just switched over to that. But um <laughs> Yeah, man, she was uh, she was just so excited about it. So really I it got to the point I just felt like I was going for her type thing. Cause I knew where my heart was at and what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But I looked at it like I could really like kill two birds with one stone. Like I know I need it. I want to go down here and work. Mm-hmm. Like I already planted some seeds, had some connections, but I could still do this for her at the same time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It just, that shit got to be a lot trying between to trying to do both. Like I'd be in the studio with Future or Scooter or Gucci till like three in the morning, two in the morning on a regular all through the week and then have class. Got to get up at like six. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that shit took a toll after a minute. It was just like, fuck. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And 
like you said, Morehouse is definitely that's that shit's not cheap. That shit is bread. Yeah. You feel me? So like, I remember I was at the studio one day. I had been already thinking for months, like, man, my heart's really right here. And I kinda I kinda see a way. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, school is so demanding. This is so demanding. Like I'm gonna end up slacking at one slacking at both. I'll Not, end up like yeah. You know, each, each halfway. Yeah, yeah, each are getting like 50 instead of me just putting my all in something and thriving, you know? So, um, yeah, man, when I called this, I wanted to drop out. Man, that was, that was, but I waited so long. Like, I remember being <laughs> in the studio just in the bathroom, like, okay, I'm about to call her now. Yeah. I'm like, nah, five more minutes. I just did it. And, you know, she was pissed, of course. But I remember she called me back. Like, it was like that same night or the next day. She was like, man, I apologize. Uh, for how I reacted, you know, all you're doing is what I've always taught you guys to do, and that's like just to to be your own individual and just follow, you know what I'm saying, what you feel is the right thing to do. So yep. she was like, I have, you have my full support on, Damn. you know, she was like, you ain't got to worry about me being mad or, you know, I'm, you have my support in my prayers. Yeah. So that was big to know, like, it wasn't like she working against, not working against me, but like, you know, because that's she like. She understood you. Yeah, that's always been like the biggest person in my life, like best friend. Like, I'm a mama's boy. So it's yeah. like, that was that, that was great. Because who knows how it would have went if it was like friction on that end. or Yeah, especially when you're at that age, just being a kid, man, it's like, those are really flimsy years. I mean, adulthood's flimsy. But like, as yeah. a kid, it's like, you know, so much of your life is so organized and. I know what you're saying, the Morehouse shit, like of being like, I'm gonna do this because every every time I tell someone, they're really excited. Then you gotta go do it. Yeah. It's gotta be your real life, you know? And there's all the like the stigma around it, is all the like everything that's around the idea of college in general, but Morehouse. And then to walk away is like it, you know, it's like, all right, this this shit gotta work. But yeah, yeah was, by then, yeah, it's like it's gotta work. Like, yeah. There's no choice, it's no turning back. We obviously still so much claim you. I'm like, yo, they got to give you honorary degree, bro. <laughs> Shout out Morehouse. I love Morehouse, man. Like, you know, um, I actually have a scholarship program that I started years back, sending um, sending a kid from St. Louis there every year. Damn. And just full ride. Like, Fire. Every year. Yeah, for sure. So, like, and, and that was dear to me because I know that they got those limited slots, and it's a lot of yeah. young men's dream to go to Morehouse and just to even just to get that slot. So just remembering how I used to sit there feeling at the desk like, damn, I don't want to be here. And just like, feel like I'm just using up somebody's damn slot, you know? So that's how the idea for that came about. So I never looked at Morehouse. it that way. That's oh, real. Yeah. Yeah. No, for real, bro. Because it's like, while you sitting here wishing you could be somewhere else, it's somebody wishing they could be where you was right at. Right there. You know what I'm saying? So Definitely. Those early years in Atlanta, man, what was that like? I mean, especially as your career's taking off, you know, Morris is starting to get into your rear view. And, you know, I was at Atlanta at the time where it was like trap was starting to become what it was. Like, you know, yeah, Shorty Red, Jeezy, uh, mm. Gucci, like. The golden years. Yeah, mm -hmm. T.I.'s coming out of like, you know, urban legend and getting into like, it's starting to shift. Wayne is Wayne, right? And he's spending Wayne so much Wayne. time in Atlanta. But then you're at this next chapter of Atlanta where it's like, it's very much the sound and feel that we have today. This shit start its beginning then. What were those early years like for you? Man, just fun. Yeah. <laughs> I say that, just fun, bro. A lot of fun. A lot of fun. And I don't mean that just like partying and like basic shit, but just like 
just creating all that music and all this stuff and all the vibes and just sitting up making beats amongst friends. Like people I call my brothers today, people like Spins, mm -hmm. people like Southside, people like Sunny Digital, people like Honorable C Note, people like DJ Plug, so many people in R&B, like where it was just like TM, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just, we was just vibing, bro. And that's just on the producer end. But like just sitting up, just making beats, like, it's like a dream. Like, making beats is just what I love to do. Now, producing music, albums, all that too. But, like, I'm always going to love just making beats, just purely just doing that. So the fact that it was like, okay, I didn't have to go to a job. I didn't have to go to a school. Mm -hmm. Like, I just have to do this at my will. You know what I'm saying? Shit. Yeah. 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 So it's like, at the same time, we having fun. We eating chicken. We cracking jokes. We, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like, and, at the t and just looking back at, how we were doing all that stuff like that and now looking back at what that stuff was and like how it's looked at and held up today is like what it means to all of us is so it's like such a definitive year years of music you know it's as definitive as any other chapter right people talk about the blog era people talk about the bad boy era like it's there you know it's like yeah. it's up on that level um, and so many people live their lives to it as a producer you have a unique vantage point on working with artists you see their ideas you see their their tendencies and like their creativity. We get the finished product, right? We we get that part once you guys have worked together and polished it. But like you're working very intimately with some of um, the generations like most formative minds. So I'm gonna throw some names at you and just like what it's like working with them or what you find special about them and the thing you see in them. So first got to be Thug. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I felt like that was gonna be first. Yeah, it's like unexplainable, bro. Like any time over the past decade where we done been in the studio or I done pulled a beat up and he done got on the mic. It's just been like, even all the songs that's not out and stuff, it's just like, I don't know, bro. It's like, it's just some magic shit. It's like... Like, because when Thug popped up, it was so new that I I don't think a lot of us understood it at first. You know, like, the fans, the the journalists, mad people, I just think we didn't get it. And it was his, the way he rhymed, his voice, every his delivery, what he was saying. It all just sounded so different. And I'm wondering what you saw that you were like, this works before, you know, you you see it before we do. Right. It's the vision thing I was talking about earlier. Mm. But like, even with Thug, like, the very, very, very first, first time I heard him, I didn't even understand it at first. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But I done learned through my career, like, a lot of the best shit is like always stuff that I don't understand at first mm. because it's, it's new, it's different. It's like, you know what I'm saying? You might eat a new food that like got a different kind of texture that you haven't ever yeah. experienced. And it might be, hold on, what is this? And it might not even be nasty. You might end up just loving it later on, but it's just like, to it. it's like your brain is like processing these news. It's like, we're not familiar with none of this. So we kind of don't know. We just processing this slow. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? And that's how I thought the shit was initially because... You never even heard anybody like rap or anything in that kind of voice. So your brain is automatically going to be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But then listening more and then just listen, listening to his tapes and I came from nothing and you just start to like, it start to settle in. Like I know Future had that effect on a lot of people just because it's so different. I told you in the beginning, I didn't really understand. Like I remember um, <laughs> I was like, 
I told this story a thousand times on this show. Everyone laughs when I, they're like, yo, you're obsessed with Bugatti. And I'm like, bro, like... <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. That song, oh my God. But I didn't, I didn't get Future before that. Like, I didn't get uh, Dirty Sprite. I didn't understand it. But then I'm in the club in New York. I'm in like Greenhouse or some shit. And Bugatti's on. I'm like, I'm tapping my boy like, yo. He's like, what? He's like dancing. I'm like, yo. He's like, what? I'm like, I get it. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, Future Bugatti. He's like... He said, I get it. Cool, I'm glad. You know, it's like, but it's <laughs> it, like, good for you. <laughs> yeah, it took me a while. But Future was so different. And like, now I look at him, he's one of the best writers of our time. Like the way, he, I don't even get it. Like, I don't know how he does it. He's He's got the magic too. Like him, him and Thug are like, they like, on some musical artist shit, I look at them like, they like mythical creatures, bro. Mm-hmm. Both of them. Yeah. And they on right, Future and Thug. Both of them are just so different in their own right. And you can see, like, they done trailblaze, like, for a whole look at everything today. So much of it sounds like them. Looks like them. Looks yeah. like, you know, even, like, down to their mannerisms, their lingo. And the artists that they put on is, like, you know, to have that ear. They're both great A&Rs in yeah. their own right. To be able Definitely. to find and spot talent, you know? Definitely. I didn't... You worked with... You did McConan? Yeah, that's crazy because I wanted to talk about that. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I dropped out of college. Um, you know, I lived on campus in the dorm. Mm-hmm. I was in Dubois. Okay. So, uh, you know, by me moving to Atlanta, if I drop out, like, where am I going to live at? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, and I'm not really, like, having no money right then for, like, to get in the spot or a tax return anything. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, 18. <laughs> Well, I just turned 19, so 19. So I remember, man, I was always at Sunny Digital House every day. Like, he had a townhouse where we used to always be at and work. We all used to be over there, amigos, everybody. We used to all, that's another story. But yeah. it's where we used to all just work and just vibe. So I would be there every day, like, while I was going to Morehouse. And then I was talking to him in the kitchen one day. I was like, bro, like, this school shit, like, this shit stressing me out, like, Da da da. So I guess I had did that a lot. So he was like, "Bro, if you always come in here talking, complain about school, just stop going." <laughs> and I was like, "That put the seed in my mind." I was like, "You're right." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, "Look, if you, I, I know you're staying on campus till you figure it out. So you good over here?" Mm. So I was like, "All right, bet I got somewhere to. Now I just gotta talk to my mom." All right. So we used to be at Sunny House, and this when World Star was popping. We'd be on World Star every day. Yeah. So they would pull this shit up sometimes, and I'd be like, man, what the hell is this? But his voice was just crazy. crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, as a producer, like, I'm big on tones and voices, and, like, that's, like, the biggest thing with me. That makes a ton of sense thinking about who you've worked with. Yeah. To work with an artist, like, you got, like, for me, locking in, locking with an artist, like, I don't care how big or small you are. You could have 10 Diamond songs, or you could have, like, not one song out, mm-hmm. but, like, just the tone of your voice, if you just got that, like the a tone where I, I could fall in love with and feel like that's unique, like your own tone, mm-hmm. and I know like we could do something with this yeah. all day. Cause every tone, like every artist's voice is like a different color and it's just like pain type thing. Yeah. So like McConan, like you know how that you could like Crayola, I guess now you could like um, get your own colors and shit. It's like, okay, McConan, your voice, like this is your color. Yeah, yeah. Like, nobody else can have this color. Like, you could be on a song with whoever, and we could identify you. That's that's how I really choose who to work with. Mm. So, heard his voice. I was like, damn. So, I'm in the studio with 2-9 one day. 
And Mike Will was playing just some random shit. He was playing some Miley shit, all kind of shit. And he had played a song, and I heard his voice, and I was like, who the hell is that? I kept asking everybody in the room. I'm like, who is this? Yeah. And then he just backed out of the corner like, yo, that's me. Oh, he was there? Yeah, he was there. <laughs> I was like, bro, take my number right now. Yeah. So I, I had moved out of Sunny Spot by then, so I had my own spot. And I was kind of doing the same thing he was over there. Like, we recording music, making beats. And the shit was, I had moved like a minute and a half away from him. Like, right down so the street. So it was perfect. Like, yeah, yeah, you know? So I had, um, I told McCone to pull up one day. And before he pulled up, I remember I called Sonny. I called Southside and I called TM. I was like, y'all niggas, please pull up to the house today. I need all of y'all to pull up to the house today. Saw it. And... Everybody had got along. Everybody had just vibed. And, like, that whole first, like, EP or project that he had, that mm-hmm. had, like, Sarah and all the songs on there and Tuesday, we did all that shit there just that day type shit. Like, just a pure just vibe, just having fun, just pulling beats up and just recording in the kitchen, like, in the living room type shit. All that one day? One day. He'll, he'll ask him, he'll tell you. Wow. One day. Except for maybe, like, one song or something that, yeah, before or something, but we did all that just that day. And where those records went is crazy. Like the core right. of that, like Tuesday, we did right there in the living room. Um, the Sarah, the all, like all those songs, maneuvering, all those bangers, we just did right there. And I, I done learned through my career those really be the best projects because it's like the essence of like the the vibe and the fun and the atmosphere gets like trapped in the music. Got the club going up on the Tuesday. Got your girl in the color she chooses. Makes me think about uh, uh, what a time to be alive, right? Yeah. Like the story about that is that you guys did this in a very close amount of time, a very small Most amount of, of time. Ones. Um, also, when you said Tuesday, it made me think of Drake. Like that project, I think is still to me, it's still some of my favorite Drake too. Mine like too. he's spending a lot of time in y'all's world. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like it's. He's doing something completely different. We didn't even know he could do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we didn't know he that was in his lineup, in his arsenal. Yeah. And he still uses a lot of those tricks today. But, like, what is that process like? Like, what is that even window? Like, like was that all done in, like, what, a month, two months? Man, like, five, six days. As far as, like, recording everything. <laughs> what? You know, you do some production stuff after, but recording <laughs> everything is within one week. It's, like, five, six days for sure. Just going to the studio every day for five, six days straight. What did you observe about Drake's process that maybe changed you as a producer or stands out from all the other people you worked with? Man, he takes his time. Mm. You know, like, I was always used to a lot of people I worked with at that point. It's like, okay, we pull a beat up and they just about to go try to do some shit right now, mm-hmm. which he did some of, the, some of the time. But sometimes I remember with certain songs, like Big Rings or just certain songs, it was just like, you give them the beat and it's like, He'll like really just sleep on it, write it, write to it for a couple of days or something, and just come back. And they'll just do something, and it'll just be crazy. It'll be like, oh shit, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So um, that definitely stood out. That definitely stood out. You know, Drake's an amazing artist and writer, performer. Like you know, he takes his craft seriously, and just like I do as well. You mm. feel me? 21, right? Like I think the first time most of us heard 21, it was like what you guys made. Right, it's yeah. like this is our first introduction to him. His style is still unique, like you know what I mean. And I can't—I've been able to place my thumb on exactly what he does that works. But 
it it's it just feels like I guess the best word would be uncut. Like it's something about it that just feels it just works. It's raw. He don't try hard. He don't not saying he don't put effort in it, but it's like it's not over trying. He's just like it's like it comes off effortless. Yeah. You feel me? Like even in the beginning, like his voice and his tone and the whole monotone shit, like even back then, like when his voice was he was just completely like just cold and it just sounded just like think about Savage Mode One, it's just like just like numb and just like, you know? Crazy. And like like, like I said, like... exactly. The tones and like like I said, bro, if I if I could just fall in love with the tone of your voice, like we could go past to the moon and back three times, like. There's a genius in his simplicity, and it feels matter of fact. Like I bet if he tried it 40 times, it wouldn't sound as as sturdy. It wouldn't sound yeah. as intentional. It's like it just it's like he's speaking straight to you. Yeah. You know, I feel like it's a lot of stuff today where it's like I have to tell people in the studio sometimes, like, just don't rap so hard. Like, don't, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The way he come off is just, like, just come off cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just cool. It's like, I'm confident in what I'm saying. I'm not trying too hard. I'm not putting up some, like, this is me, this Mm -hmm. is it. Like, take it or leave it. Yeah. You feel me? And I respect that. I fuck with it. So much of what you were doing was bringing in young Atlanta and new voices. Are there artists now t- in the Atlanta scene that you have your eye on and you're like, you're this person? Like, if you guys, the whole world isn't paying attention to them, you should be looking at them. Hmm. Man, our little brothers, our little homies, they already, they lit though already. Like, Ken and Long. Yeah. Like Ken yeah. and Troy Long. Like, they already lit. And it's different. It's completely different yeah. sound. Like, what do you think they bring to the game that maybe uh, wasn't there before? And they just different. They on their own time. Like, you know what I'm saying? I respect it because I've always been this way. Like, they not trying to be nobody else or keep up with no. It's like, man, this what we on. Yeah. And like I was saying earlier, like, I feel like they look at the same way. Like, this what we on from how we dress to the shit we saying, like, our music, like, our beat selection. And everybody ain't got to like it, but I know it's just somebody out there that's going to like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And. Yeah. That somebody out there that's gonna like it just is gonna keep growing and growing. And these are people that really fuck with you and not fickle fans that'll be like, they just fuck with, like, cause you got the hit right now. They fuck with your song. Yeah. You know, that's a big difference. Like, yeah. having like real fans and supporters who are gonna ride with you and really fuck with you and what you're doing versus they fuck with you cause you got the um, most popular sound on TikTok right yeah. now. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're not loyal to you. they loyal to that. they loyal to what's hot. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like it's important to build that that solid foundation and just that core. Like, I see them doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, they've been doing. Yeah. For, for all the kids and everybody, like, want to come up that's out there grinding, I promise you, like, the slow grind is the best way. Mm. It's the best, bro. You know? Everybody want to go so fast. But, you know, you'll come down just as fast as you go up. Yo. You know what I'm saying? And you, they don't realize that. But And the reason for that is you shoot up fast, it's like you had no time to build a foundation. Word. So what are you really yeah. on top of? You feel me? So, like, mm. whether if you have a foundation, like Eminem, somebody like him, he done built such a strong foundation, he could put an album out tomorrow. And, and so many people are going to show up. For they're going to show up, whether they like it, love it, or hate it. Yeah. Or nobody he could put out an album tomorrow that nobody loves at all. But he'll still be okay and could put out another one next year. And all the same people are gonna go back and check it out. Yeah. You know, that's the difference. And I feel like that's essential. And I feel like a lot of people want to elevate too quickly. And I also want to say this out there for them. Looking back on the past 10 years of my career, 
like all the best moments were in the journey, like the coming up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And you you're not gonna get that if you just do the quick. Oh, I went viral now. This and now next month you're flying on this and doing that out of nowhere. It's like it's the journey, bro. It's the grinding. It's the doing the free shows. It's the mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, see how you're just smiling? Like back then, like them was all of like the best memories and like the best times. Yeah. And also, not even just the best times where I done learned and soaked up the most game, which is important because that's what's going to, you know, help you forever. Yeah. You feel me? So it's all in the journey, bro. Like, I've been making beats since I was 13. I'm 29. Like, it's all in the journey, bro. Which is crazy because those years, so much has come out in so many ways. Like, we bring people through here. Like they said, your name comes up so many times and you've reached that status at such an early age. Um, But even when you're talking about advice to fans, I'm curious for you, man, has there been someone an artist, someone that we would know that, like, gave you a piece of advice that has cut through and you still play it in your head today? I remember back when I was in high school, like, I wasn't that used to rappers rapping on my beats. So, like, I used to make beats. Like I said, stuff for me. Mm-hmm. So there's no vocal. You got to leave room for a vocal, really. So I used to make, like, what they'll call, like, beat battle type beats to where it's, like, it's just so much shit going on. Like, <laughs> the beat sound crazy by itself, but if you put it, it could sound so crazy by itself, but you put it in front of artists and they just, like... They don't know what to yeah. They don't know what to do, so they're just gonna be like next. They ain't gonna know what to do. I mean, I was young and it stuck with me to this day. And I noticed how things started changing for me when I took heed to his advice. I remember Southside told me one day, back in high, I was like 16, he was like, Yo, beats hard, but like, it's so much going on. Like, how's somebody gonna rap on that shit? And I never had thought about that before because, you know, I'm in St. Louis just by myself in my room making beats mm-hmm. in my bedroom. So that always stuck with me. Like, I always, and now, like, as a producer, I'm always thinking, like, on just space, space for everything, space for the vocals. So that was huge for me. And then another piece of advice, like, Future was always telling me, like, man, save your money. Like, you know, because he always been good with that. Yeah. And he's like an older, like a bigger, bro- big brother type figure. Because when we met, shit, basically, he was my age, basically. Okay, like, yeah, the age yeah. I am now, like, yeah. when I met him, though. So, him just always instilling that, that, that's something that always stuck with me, you know? I'm glad you came here and said, save your money. Like, yo, yeah, that, that, that's like, But I just want to be here to just say that to them now, because it's yeah. like, bro, like, we all done been through it. It's like, save it, bro, because you just, you never know. And that's nice. really what's ultimately going to take care of you and your people, you feel me? All this other shit is always going to be here. I mean, dude, you've emerged as, like, such a unique talent, um, a businessman for sure, but then also just, like we said, like, ushering in so much just in core rap, core hip-hop, right? Obviously other genres as well, but, like, that spot you got is, um, everyone doesn't get a chance to sit in that spot. And I'm curious for you, um, not what's next, but what are your future ambitions? Like, do you see yourself doing something like, like, is it a RZA role where you're, like, scoring movies? Is it, um... You know, obviously, like, you have, like, a stable of people that you're working with, but there's other ways that you could take this thing. You know, yeah. maybe you're already doing it as well. Um, Music, I'm I'm always going to be making beats, making albums. You know, that's a given. I'm going to do that as long as I'm breathing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But definitely, like, I see, like, film and TV, for sure. I've always, always had that, like, right here in my brain. Like, yeah. okay, at a certain point, we're going to pivot, you know, not lift the foot up and turn around, but pivot, you know what I'm saying? So that fashion, as far as, like, uh, just putting dope clothes out, you know yeah. what I'm saying? I like that. I've always liked that. Like, I grew up loving that. Like, growing up, my mama, she was always fly. Like, so it's like, 
I'm not on some. I know it's cool to be fly now and like everybody like you know we got Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Now. But like I'm like I've been like that my whole life. You of it? Of it? Yeah. For real. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely want to um, venture in that too. So yeah, that and uh, just giving back, just trying to like trying to make a change in a lot of things that are like systematically like got us stuck in certain ways. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just want to make a difference, bro. We all got just such a limited time here. You know what I'm saying? This is true. Such a limited time. So it's just like, want to really just make that impact and that stain and like that difference. Yeah. So like that's that's what's most important to me. Bro, I can feel it, man. You it, it, it sort of emanates off you. I feel like there's always that shift in an artist or not an artist, but a person when you can see like, oh, they, what they care about uh, starts to bubble to the top. And... When you do other interviews, when you speak, even what you do in your social media presence, it's there. Like, we can feel it. You know what I mean? Um, Appreciate I'm that. personally excited for your future. It's, it's still tripping that you're not even 30, bro. Like, that shit is fucking me <laughs> yeah, up. One more like, year. One yeah, more year. Man. And a lot to do between that, man. Um, thank you for pulling up and talking to me, man. Like, it's been... Man, I've, thank you. I've been a fan of your career for so long, and so much of our circles have orbited each other to actually get you here, like, to come through the set and, like, spend some time with us, man. Just thank you. this is beautiful, man. I appreciate that, Jinx, and it's definitely a pleasure to watch you today. Thank you. And I wish you much more blessings and success, and, you know what I'm saying, you seem like a great guy. Even from afar, always watching stuff, you seem like a great guy, so... thank you, man. I wish you all the best, brother. Yeah, appreciate it. Definitely. You guys, that's it, man. This is the Rap Caviar Metro Boomin' interview, man. You guys stay tuned. Make sure you follow, hit the bell to stay up to date, and, uh... See you next week.